G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is the last of our Jesse Tree series and we're looking at the final Jesse Tree theme, Love, as we continue our journey from creation through to Christmas. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and our theme today is love. Love is exactly what we need in our community at the moment. On Monday, I was sitting with a couple preparing to cement their love in marriage, when suddenly we saw the police cars screaming west towards Weambilla. Like many of us, I learned the sad news of how two police officers, Matthew Arnold and Rachel McCrow, were ambushed and killed. I heard of one officer who had been shot in the leg and another hiding in the scrub. I heard of how more lives were lost, including an innocent neighbour, Alan Dare, who was shot in the back after coming on the scene, hoping to help with what he thought was a house fire. The events of last Monday left me wrestling not with love, but with evil. The media reports looked for scapegoats, religion, conspiracy theories, and drugs, and there wasn't much love there. On Tuesday, I spoke with one mum whose daughter asked her if it was safe to travel to Chinchilla, and another mother who fears for her son as he waits to see if he's accepted into the police academy. She also shared that his resolve was stronger than ever to serve. So as the forensics combed through the scene at Weambilla, searching for answers, today we're going to comb through the scriptures, looking for love at a time when our community needs it most. Over the past three weeks, we've been working our way through the Jesse tree, tracing the big story of the Bible from creation through to Christmas. And I hope that as we've gone through, you've been delighted by the detail. As God lavishes his love on people and people reject him, God refuses to give up. God's rescue plan just gets more intricate. While human sin and wickedness seem to thwart God's intentions, his wondrous plans almost enfold around them, like a warm hug. We see this happening again in Micah, and Micah, my son, um, he got very excited when he heard his name being mentioned. And so, Micah, I'm wondering if you can put our first bauble on the tree, which is our Bethlehem bauble. And of course, Micah lived 700 years before the events of Christmas. But as Shirley read so beautifully, I think Micah was excited about hearing his name, but I, thought he, I think he also saw Shirley coming up to read, and he was like, yes! Love it when Shirley reads the scriptures with us. Micah prophesies this 700 years before Jesus. You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel 
will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. Micah predicts a time of abandonment when God will be silent, as well as the lineage, the birthplace, and the circumstances of the Savior being born. These markers of the Messiah become anchors of faith for God's people as they wait 700 years for the Savior to come. And we see other beautiful details emerge from Malachi, who prophesies 300 years after Micah. He, like Micah, sees some destruction and silence in the future. He says this, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament, but he predicts that there is coming before the Savior, there is coming Elijah a prophet like Elijah, a good and gracious prophet who will show the people back to their families and unite people in love and grace once again. And I'm wondering if you can put that on the tree to me, for me. And so, friends, we need to delight in the detail of the scriptures and of God's salvation plan, but we also need to meet the Holy Family. One of the reasons why the Bible in your hands and pews is so special is that although we can turn from Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, to Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, in a single page, it symbolizes 400 years of waiting. The people had the intricate promises of Bethlehem being the birthplace of the Savior and of 400 years of silence, and also of Elijah coming as a herald for the Messiah. But my goodness, it took a lot of waiting. And for them, there was no guarantee that he would even come. Until one day, an old priest named Zechariah has an encounter with God. He's right in the center of the temple, the Holy of Holies, offering the most important sacrifice of the year. And all of a sudden, he meets an angel who says, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to their Savior and to their God. Zechariah is praying and all of a sudden this angel tells him that he is going to be the father of that Elijah figure, that herald of the newborn king. He's praying, he's hoping, and all of a sudden God's promises begin to materialize and if meeting Zechariah isn't exciting enough, next we meet Mary. Mary is just a teenager. She's not rich, she's not powerful, she's not famous, but she is godly and she does love God. And one night she's just 
minding her own business, and she too meets with an angel. Maggie, I'm wondering if you can do our Mary bauble for us. She meets with this angel, and the angel says, don't be afraid. All of the angels, when they meet the people, say, do not fear, don't be afraid. And he says, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him... Good, I'm glad we got there. (laughs) I'm really dusty after last night, but you guys are doing so well. (laughs) The responsibility for Mary is huge. And Mary struggles to believe, but still in love, she submits to God's will and tells the angel that she is the Lord's servant. Mary's fiancé, Joseph, likewise, learns about Jesus through an angel. Like Mary, he too realizes he's called to be a servant. He has a dream where an angel tells him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to call him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. It's fascinating that Joseph uh, doesn't say anything when he wakes up. He just gets up and goes, and goes about his work of loving Mary, marrying her, and of raising a son who is not his biological son. And so friends, as we come into Christmas, and as we look at the example of Zechariah, Mary, and Joseph, thanks Meg, let's aspire to be godly people. Godly people, godly people who build up godly families. Families come in all shapes and sizes, and you might have a family filled with Christians, or you might have none in your family. You might have a family filled with people, or this Christmas you might only be meeting up with one or two. No matter what shape your family is, We need to see that families matter to God and it's worth devoting our time and energy to building up the people in our lives, even when it's hard. And this brings us to our final point. Love isn't something we can buy, sell or fake. One of the reasons why lots of romantic comedies come out in weeks leading up to Christmas is because many of us are searching for love. But the Jesse tree shows us that true love isn't the emotional garbage of movies. It's a love which serves. First, we see Mary going to Elizabeth. And I love this beautiful bauble because it's got, it's got a pregnant woman. And really, we meet two pregnant women who help one another. Mary and Elizabeth meet one another in the months leading up to John's birth, and they rejoice. It's amazing that Mary and, and Elizabeth meet up because really they're the only two who understand what it's like to be someone who's got a miracle baby. And Elizabeth seems too old to have a child, and Mary seems too young. 
but they find themselves at the pointy end of salvation history. Elizabeth is the elder, but when Mary comes over, she shouts, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The two lift one another up, Elizabeth inspiring and encouraging Mary, and Mary singing to Elizabeth, and then staying long enough to care for Elizabeth as she births John. John, who becomes the Elijah promised by Malachi. What an awesome detail. What an incredible partnership. And the final awesome couple we meet in our journey up the Jesse tree are Mary and Joseph. Together they go on the most famous road trip of all time. It's hard and dangerous. And they go from where they live in Nazareth to Bethlehem where their family comes from. They're forced to go there by a Roman emperor who just wants to tax them and send their kids off to war. But the couple faithfully go. You can imagine how much Joseph and Mary would have had to rely on each other over the 145k walk, which was littered with robbers and wild animals. But together they faithfully do what they need to, unconsciously fulfilling Micah's prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Do you see how God's delightful, intricate plan is all coming together and we're back at the beginning of the sermon? And this is why we're going to leave the story there today. Mary and Joseph trudging to Bethlehem only for the great events we celebrate at Christmas next weekend to unfold days later. Friends, today we see that you can't love alone. And that's why at a time when our community has been shattered by tragedy, we need to remember how much we need one another. This Christmas, love those you spend time with. Even when people are difficult and you get thrown into uncomfortable situations, love those around you with a generous, sacrificial, and practical love. Maybe you could write someone a Christmas card. Maybe you could do the washing up. Maybe you could bring the prawns this Christmas. I don't know. But take the opportunity, take the time, and leave the energy to love. At Christmas time, we remember how God floods the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Let's open up our taps as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.